Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Paris Smith Employment Podcast. My name is Tobitha Cunningham and I'm an associate in the employment team here at Paris Smith. And today I'm joined by my colleague Sarah Hayes, who's a solicitor in the team. Hi. During today's podcast, we're going to be discussing the menopause, how it impacts on employment law and the practical considerations for employers to be aware of. As you may have seen in recent press coverage, whilst it isn't a new topic by any means, the menopause has been rapidly growing momentum within employment law and the wider media. Many of you will have seen the recent documentaries presented by Davina McCall, which shared her own experience of the menopause and some of the difficulties she encountered. It's an area which is being discussed at parliamentary level, where improving menopause care and support has been the subject of recent consultation by the Women and Equalities Committee, which launched a commission into existing discrimination legislation and workplace practices around the menopause. From an employment law perspective, there have been some interesting tribunal cases lately, which have looked at the existing protection for women under the Equality Act and considered what types of claims may arise in connection with the menopause, which we'll explore today in a moment. It's certainly a topic which is gaining momentum and and hitting the headlines. So I think the first question to consider here is, is what actually is the menopause? Sarah, do you want to just give us an initial overview? Yes, of course, although I should add a disclaimer here to say that I'm very much not a doctor. So as a really broad overview, the menopause is a natural stage of life which affects around half of the population. It usually happens in women aged between 45 and 55 years old, although it can happen earlier or later than this. Transgender men and people who are intersex or identify as non-binary may also experience the menopause and its symptoms. So there's three broad stages to the menopause. The first is perimenopause, the second is menopause, and the third is postmenopause. The menopause is generally said to have occurred when there's been no menstrual cycles for 12 consecutive months, but again, this can vary. And symptoms usually last for four years, but they can be experienced for much longer than this. The symptoms vary between individuals, but some commonly experienced symptoms include insomnia, joint problems, unpredictable hot flushes, brain fog, anxiety, exhaustion, heavy bleeding, low confidence and fatigue by way of some examples. That's really helpful. Sarah, we opened the podcast talking about how the menopause has been very topical in the media of late. Why is it that despite this issue having been been around for so long, the menopause has gathered so much attention recently, do you think? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. And it is interesting that we're seeing so much renewed focus on the menopause now. It goes without saying that with women representing nearly 50% of the UK's workforce and around 3.5 million women aged 50 or over, the menopause is an issue which affects a huge proportion of employees. However, despite this, I think it has often been seen as a topic not to be broached by uh, employers. Yeah, I think I think you're right. It's been almost a taboo topic that no one's wanted to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And the statistics show that sadly many women continue to suffer in silence because they feel uncomfortable uh, raising this with their employer. And do you think that could have prevented individuals from raising their concern at work historically of their concern that they might not be taken seriously or or worse, I suppose they've raised it and haven't felt supported by their employer, so they've been discouraged? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's really positive that recently the issue of it being taboo, as we've just discussed, has been diminished by increased medical awareness and the media coverage, which has been identifying just how debilitating it can be. Uh, women aged between 45 and 55 are the first fastest growing work, uh, working age demographic in the UK. So this is an issue which is unlikely to be going anywhere soon. Something that we've been discussing more recently is why this is so important for employers to be comfortable with. Tobitha, did you want to talk a little more about this? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right. The more it's raised by employees, the more we, we need to be dealing with it proactively. And I think the key for employers is they need to be comfortable with their understanding of the menopause in, in order to help um, women overcome and minimise those historic difficulties and stigmas that we've been talking about. And I think what we're finding is that most employers do want to support their staff, um, but sometimes they just need a bit of guidance in understanding what they should be doing and, and how to go about it, really. Yeah, and to it from a legal perspective, why is this just so important for employers to be aware of? And what are the potential legal risks if they get this wrong? Yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot of different factors. You know, as a starting point, menopause is a health and well-being concern, which needs to be handled by employers properly. Um, you know, all employers have an obligation to ensure their employees' health and safety at work. So it, it's something that, that we need to address across the board. The, the other legal issues are, are whether the menopause can constitute a disability and if so, what implications that could have for employers. Um, and that's where some of the case law has focused. You know, if we go back to the definition of a disability under the Equality Act, it's a physical or a mental impairment which has a substantial and long-term adverse effect on the individual's ability to do things day to day. Um, the menopause isn't expressly listed as a disability we might not traditionally think of it as such but it certainly can fall within that definition um, there has been some recent discussion as to whether it should be a protected characteristic in its own right and um, the minister for work and pensions and the minister for women has recently looked at that and they have confirmed that they're not currently planning to introduce the menopause as a protected characteristic but that doesn't mean it, it's not already protected under the Equality Act, what it means is that in each case, the tribunal needs to consider whether the circumstances could give rise to either sex or age discrimination, because it, it obviously tends to affect women and women of a certain age, um, or whether it falls within the disability definition, in which case there's more obligations on employers in terms of reasonable adjustments. At the start of the podcast, that there have been some tribunal cases that have looked at this. Sarah, do you want to take us through what the cases have said so far in relation to the issue of disability? Yeah, absolutely. So at present, there are very few tribunal cases that have been brought. So this does remain an area of uncertainty, and it is likely we will see more cases over coming months and years in this. However, of those we have seen, there have been some really useful points that we can draw out of them. So one of the cases which is helpful to look at is called Davies v Scottish Courts and Tribunal Service. So in this case, Miss Davies had been disciplined and dismissed due to her forgetful and confused behaviour, which were symptoms of her perimenopause. So her employer considered that she had lied and brought the courts into disrepute when she had advised two colleagues in court that they may have drunk water containing her medication. She was dismissed and she successfully claimed unfair dismissal and discrimination arising from disability. The Employment Tribunal held that her dismissal was because of conduct arising from her disability, as her perimenopausal condition had caused her to be forgetful and confused about whether she'd taken her medication and whether she'd put it in the water. And her employer was unable to justify the treatment as being a proportionate means of achieving a legitimate aim in that case. There's also been another tribunal case, which is called Rooney v Leicester City Council. So this reached the Employment Appeal Tribunal. And it determined that an employment tribunal had wrongly decided that a woman suffering with menopausal symptoms was not disabled. So this was a really interesting case. And the judge emphasised that it's really important for the tribunal to consider what activities the individual cannot do rather than what they can still do. 
It also held that the tribunal was wrong to have concluded that the range of symptoms that the claimant here, Miss Rooney, was experiencing only had a minor or trivial effect on her day-to-day activities. As a result of this, the Employment Appeal Tribunal allowed the appeal and Miss Rooney's case will be referred back to the tribunal for further consideration. So again, this case has demonstrated the importance of really carefully considering the facts of each case. Employers should be aware that if an employee is put at a disadvantage and treated less favourably because of their menopause or symptoms, this could amount to disability discrimination, including claims with discrimination arising from disability. And given this case, I think it's really sensible for employers to be taking a cautious approach here and considering each case really carefully. So that leads us on nicely to consider what practical steps can employers here be taking. We mentioned earlier that employers can sometimes struggle to understand precisely what they can be doing here to support their workforce. Tobiatha, have you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I think the good news is that there's lots that employers can be doing. And as you said, Sarah, while some employees might be disabled, others may not be. I think a good approach is to look at what we can do to help everyone going through the menopause to you know, ensure their health and safety and, and well-being um, whilst they're at work with us. I think the starting point is that ACAS has published some guidance for employers relatively recently that provides a really useful reference point um, and it outlines the importance of employers really being aware that menopausal symptoms may impact on women and trans and intersex people going through the menopause um, as well as relatives colleagues and, and other people that are supporting someone going through it and there's a few key aspects that I think are, are the basis of getting it right as ever really the starting point is to train managers in relation to it which is just so important I think all managers need to be familiar with the different stages of menopause and how this can affect staff um, and they need to have an understanding of of the discrimination aspects and ACAS really reiterates the importance of training supervisors to ensure they're equipped to talk and have these conversations sensitively and really make staff feel that they can raise the issues because as we said that can be the initial barrier really is getting this this conversation out into the open and people that are holding those conversations the managers need to then in turn know about the workplace support that is available and and what they can do to help Um, I think that leads on then to, to focusing generally about how we create that open working environment where people feel happy communicating with us as the employer and and give them people to speak to and one thing that lots of businesses are finding helpful is to have a menopause or or a well-being champion at work who can provide that support and which can be a great way for individuals to have those conversations confidentially and to ensure that they're comfortable and that that they feel feel supported Um, Obviously, there's some other practical things. You know, it's good practice for employers to be flexible, allowing staff to attend medical appointments about the menopause. We also need to think about reviewing our health and safety checks and the kind of physical working environment. By law, employers are responsible for the health and safety of of all staff, including those working from home. And that includes undertaking regularly regular risk assessments um, and for staff affected by the menopause that includes considering anything specific to, to them and their symptoms and again ACAS gives some really practical examples to consider you know the the most obvious one that comes up is temperature 
control. So looking at the temperature in the office, ventilation, you know, moving someone's desk, allowing them to feel comfortable when they're um, experiencing symptoms like hot flashes. Equally, lots of people are now looking at their uniform. You know, are we making that out of fabrics that are, are natural rather than synthetic, that they're breathable? Can we be flexible on, on the uniform requirements? Looking at, at toilet facilities, whether we've got suitable rest areas, you know, whether we've got enough cold drinking water, whether people can take breaks and so it, it's all quite simple things and um, that should be relatively easy to get right, but can make a real difference to staff. And Bertha, more broadly, are there any other steps that employers can be taking here to support individuals? Yeah, I mean, I think where we know that the menopause is having a particular impact on an employee, um, as you said, you know, there's a question as to whether they're disabled, which pulls in the reasonable adjustments point. Um, but we need to look at that generally. Often the starting point is going to be getting some medical advice. As you said, Sarah, you know, we're not doctors, neither are employers. Um, so seeking that practical advice from either occupational health or the employee's GP so that we can understand really the impact that their symptoms are having on them and whether they are likely to fall into that disability definition and, and really what we can do to support them. Um, one of the key things that's asked for specifically would be flexibility in terms of working hours. You know, some of the symptoms you mentioned are things like fatigue, insomnia, you know, often quite simple changes to allow a later start, or perhaps um, a change in shift patterns can be really helpful to individuals. We also need to think about things like your absence management. So if you have triggers for a certain level of sickness absence, whether we should be adjusting that. If an employee is taking absence connected to um, the menopause and the ACAS guidance does recommend that those absences are recording, uh, recorded separately. I mean, some of the things that the employers or larger employers now are looking at is, is a menopause policy. Sarah, do you have any thoughts on when that can be useful and, and what employers could look at to include within that? Yeah, so there's no legal requirement as a starting point for employers to introduce a compulsory policy. And there's not really a right or wrong answer as to whether employers should be introducing one. Um, Tobias has just been talking about the ACAS guidance for employers and amongst other recommendations. The guidance does recommend that an employer should put in place a specific menopause policy, and this would set out how staff can raise issues relating to the menopause and how the employer is going to handle those issues when they are raised. So policy can be really helpful. Um, it demonstrates your commitment as an employer to supporting staff. And in terms of the content, um, amongst other points, the policy could include who in the organisation um, is the point of contact for employees that might have queries relating to the menopause. It can outline the training and support that's available so that staff can, can see that and refer to that. Equally, you can include information on gender identity and gender reassignment discrimination there as well. And given that we've talked earlier about the fact that you know, some women may still feel uncomfortable or quite reluctant to raise issues that they're having at work, a written policy can be quite a helpful document to help alleviate some of those concerns and to help them to actually initiate these discussions with their line manager and encourage that open dialogue, um, as we've talked about as well today. I think that is the key, isn't it? Because we need to have that conversation with employees. We need to empower them to have that conversation with us, but also give our, our managers the confidence to do that as well. And I think that's where a policy can be really helpful, just to give people that language and that um, checklist, but you know that agenda to, to know that they're confident how we can support them and what we should be talking about. 
Well, thank you for joining us. We hope that you found our discussion useful. If you want any further information in relation to the issues that we've discussed, please contact us via our website, which is www.parasmith.co.uk. And you may also be interested in joining our training session on menopause in the workplace, which is on 14th of September. Uh, And again, you can find more information on that on our website. Thank you.